Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Episode 53, this is Matt. We got Eric over on the other side of the microphone in New York. What's happening? Hey, man. Uh, exciting news. You just told me right as we are going live about your show. So I can't wait to get into it and uh, catch up on this week. Because uh, it seems like a lot happened this week. So that's, uh, that's fun. It's been a strong week. You had the uh, the 4th of July holiday. What'd you do? Yeah, uh, I just uh, hung out with some friends on the rooftop. Of our of their building in Astoria with my little pod, and we barbecued and we watched the fireworks that were on the East River uh, mm-hmm. that we could see. I mean, they were way down, like towards the bottom of Manhattan, but we could still see them from the rooftop. And it was just like a great time, just like really chill. The weather was perfect, and uh, and uh, it was nice to have one good day of weather amidst all this terrible weather that we're about to have. In uh, New York, and, cl- and currently it's like thunderstorming right now. So, <laughs> how are the fireworks? Fireworks are amazing. They're great, but it's also like see- all these other um, like like s- their own independent fireworks were around us too. Like just people locally. So we were yep. getting like our own little show, and then like the big Macy's ones were like crazy. You know, down mm-hmm. at the end of uh, that, that were like planned and orchestrated, and things were going off like in sync. As opposed to just random bursts of the neighbors. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, what about you? How was your fourth? Great. My folks were in town. We had a couple of people by. I, I had to go to do my show, but right after I raced home, got back in time for the firework display over here, which was great. Set off some sparklers and snaps. Oh, you did you did poppers. your own little like sparkles. and Yeah, the snaps where you throw them on the ground and they just go like pop. Yep. Okay. Roman candles, just a couple small things, but we also saw the big display as well. And then wait, took wait, a wait. walk. That's a big, mm. that's a big uh, leap from like sparklers and snaps to like casually Roman candles. <laughs> like those are pretty, pretty intense. <laughs> it was the small ones. They're like the size of uh, like a, a pen almost. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, fair, fair. And then we saw the big display. Then we took a little walk and saw the strip display from. Ooh. However many miles away that is, it's pretty far. So you can't hear them, but you can see them, which is neat. They shoot them off of the roofs of all the hotels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Synchronized. And they do that, like, yeah, from, like, the Eiffel Tower and all, like, the other, like, Vegas landmarks. Yeah, exactly. The Strat, all, all those places. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the Stratosphere. Because they do that in New York where they have, like, one set of fireworks that come off the Empire State Building. And it's, like, mm-hmm. really cool. But, like, yeah, having having tall buildings look like they're exploding, I guess, like, orchestrated that's cool Mm -hmm. so i had my folks traveling in which was great and uh you you did some travel this week it looks like you were out and about based on the old ig yeah yeah well i had a gig in indianapolis so i Mm -hmm. flew uh well it was outside of indianapolis at purdue university and it was a fun show it was like literally i was prepped to do my social distance show with masks and everything like that and like the moment i arrived on campus they're like oh yeah we uh we lifted the mask mandate today. So I was able oh, to wow. do my whole show as normal. They're like, yeah, can you adjust it and just do like the normal show? I was like, yeah, I will. I will do that. <laughs> that that'll be a better show <laughs> for you. <laughs> so, uh, 
so yeah, it was really fun. It was a good crowd. Um, you know, it was. I thought it was gonna be like this big, uh, like for orientation, which are like usually they just like pack students in, uh, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of like forced entertainment during some of these mm-hmm. orientation programs. But this was just like more, more casual, like students who were there for summer session, and yeah, it was it was really fun, and uh, people really enjoyed the show, and yeah. It's nice to have my like back on a real stage and getting a real standing ovation again, and like that wow. was wow. It was good. It was really fun. So how uh, was the venue? Venue was just like a gorgeous theater. It was like on campus, and just I mean, their whole campus is surrounded by you know just all the college town needs you need. <laughs> like it's just so crazy how big that campus feels. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, and I also get to then, uh, explore Indianapolis a bit. I think I saw the two things there is to do, there are to do in Indianapolis, uh, just like some shops down Mass Ave, a different Mass Ave than the one I'm used to in Boston, of course. And then like their little canal area is nice. And then I caught a mentalism show. I caught my friends, um, Christian and Catalina. They do, uh, they've been doing it for, I think about like 14 years, but their own ticketed, mentalism show in the basement of the uh, like oh, not basement but a conference room in the downtown hilton and this all about selling tickets and they've got this kind of like sitcom vibe to their persona and their set to, they have like a full set and it's like really like kind of like that late 70s early 80s kind of kitschy tv kind of thing but they're super casual and the, the they're doing a social distance show themselves where people aren't coming up on stage but they're coming to the the lip of the stage and doing most of the things from the their seats but it was it was a full house full house and people are coming and they're looking for entertainment so yeah i definitely recommend it if you're in the indianapolis area check it out i i enjoy indiana immensely i really enjoy indiana i've been only just a few times i believe me too but but i really like it yeah it's a fun fun state yeah i like that and i like the surrounding states as well yeah the mid Midwest, mid Mid America area is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's funny those like that terms you were just gonna say. Um, what were you gonna say? Mid Atlantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just from like the NACA regions. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like a term that that is used in those conferences. Uh, it's funny because no one else uses those terms like Northern Plains. If you oh, yeah. say that to someone, they don't know where that is. No, those are just manufactured for those conference regions. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> like, why not just call it what it is? But anyway, so do you ever get intimidated walking into a venue like that where it's like this beautiful stage? Oh no, it felt really nice to like find because like uh, the live shows I've been doing have been kind of like just in like different weird, not traditional venues per se. So like to be back in an actual theater where I like kind of designed my show to be, that was like comforting to me, you know. I can't tell you the number of times like over the years that I've walked into a venue and it was like so grandiose and beautiful that I just felt like I was gonna get like swallowed alive because it was so big and glorious and amazing and i always felt like wow do i belong here you know (laughs) yeah i can see what you're saying of course Mm -hmm. but um you know it depends on how you fill the stage with your energy i mean even when we took your you know show to vegas in your own theater you know we had that feeling i think and it was like you were kind of doing your your college and corporate show that you put on a vegas stage and it i think i mean you you'll speak to it but it it felt a little bit to get used to that space. And then when I left and came back like a few months later after we were working on it, like it felt like you filled it with your personality and it felt like a real full Vegas show the next time I saw it after we had worked on it. 
Yeah, I, I will say the link in particular, when I saw that theater, it was never, it never felt intimidating to me. It always felt like, oh, I remember the first day I saw it, I felt like, wow, I could literally do a show here tonight with no production. Oh, I awesome. could work this room because it feels so intimate. Mm-hmm. There were other rooms that I looked at that gave me that feeling of, oh, okay, yeah, I could make this work, <laughs> but we're going to need some production help, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 so. yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's all about how you tackle the opportunity and, you know, kind of the venue sets a vibe and, uh, you know, it's all about the audience, too. And if you can fill those seats and get a full house and then also feel like everyone is involved. I mean, sometimes I remember like doing the AGT theaters, like some of those, you know, you weren't even like playing to the top of the house because you're playing for television and the judges. So you didn't really have to think about, you know, those large uh, theaters as much. But um but everyone wants to have a good show and see it. So, Yeah, well, speaking of full houses, we're going back. I believe full occupancy this evening will be our first one. Yeah, you mentioned that right as we are going on air. That's exciting mm-hmm. news, Matt. Full mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. pumped? Yeah, Vegas is hopping. Um, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been great. And I'm, and I'm excited to expand a little bit because everything has been sold out since we opened. Um, minus maybe one or two shows that were just like close to it, you know, right. <laughs> and that's even, and it's difficult to, to sell pods right now. We no longer have to do the pods. Okay. Yeah. So now you can do like individual tickets again and yes, yeah. which people have been asking out. This is long awaited. People have been asking about this for well months since we opened. Mm-hmm. Why can't I buy one ticket? Why right. can't I buy three tickets? Well now finally I'm just as happy as you, co- you are. You can. And yeah. that's, uh, probably that's across the board now. I think, um, that goes into effect for, for all Vegas events and, and so on. So I think, don't quote me mm-hmm. on that. I'm not in charge of every show. Now, are, you, <laughs> are there any distancing rules or it's just like show as normal now? Um, throughout Vegas, we're in pre-pandemic uh, conditions. So, you know, masks are optional yeah. and, and so on. So there you go. So you're just yeah. free reign. <laughs> it's free reign you know we're still i'm still sanitizing frequently we yeah. still have sanitizing stations in the theater yeah. um people who um you know want to wear masks certainly do and, and that's encouraged if people want to for sure and uh but other than that we're we're business as usual and it just feels good to, to be getting that live energy back out there again so. yeah that's fantastic um i never got the whole like mask shaming thing of like the people who are anti-masking and uh and just being like, well, you don't have to wear a mask. Because it's funny because, like, they they were like, these masks are infringing on my freedoms, but then they're not giving you the freedom to wear a mask if you want to wear a mask. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. Unless you're driving in your car by yourself, then it's weird, too. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you realize they're probably just u- doing Uber, so that's why they're doing it. That or, you know, sometimes it's just like it's a quick trip down the street. I got to take my mask off to go into the store. I don't know. <laughs> I, I pop mine on. Yeah. I pop mine on going in and out of the casino, and uh, I just forget that it's on. So, like, yeah. I'll w- be wearing it in the theater, like, before the show for the first, like, 30 minutes when I'm just walking around chatting with people backstage. Yeah. Like, I'm not even thinking about it. It's just on, not on purpose, you know? Yeah, I've been keeping mine just in my back pocket. I'm pretty much going around, you know, uh, the only place I really need it is, like, the subway or if I get into, like, an Uber or Lyft or something like that. Right. Uh, So, but other than that, we're just kind of, you know, just about our business as normal in in New York. And just, uh, I mean, I, I went to the carnival. Uh, this week, <laughs> dude, I saw that. 
There's a carnival in Astoria Park. And I was wondering, I was like, should I wear a mask? There's going to be a lot of people. But I was like, it's outdoors, you know, and I, I felt safe. And it felt like a cool, like, back to normal thing here mm-hmm. in New York. And, uh, you know, I don't know. Am I t- too old to be going to the carnival? But it's, it's so fun. It was so I fun. knew that would be something that you would love doing. So. Yeah, yeah. I no, went. you're not too old. You're well, never too old for the carnival. Just think about how excited you got when I went to a small outdoor circus. It's true. It's true. I did, I did love that. Uh, but yeah, they, uh, you know, I, I, it's going all week. I don't know if I'll go back. I think we did the full carnival experience. We did the rides. There's like pretty some pretty intense rides. This first one we did was like spinning and swinging you like in a in a like kind of like a pirate ship kind of thing. Uh, but it was just like you know there was more intense and faster than it looked from the ground. Uh, and then we did the carnival food, deep fried Oreos, and there we you know were fun houses, and we did the Ferris wheel and all the fried food, and it was just you know a good good time. This is the stuff you live for. <laughs> You weren't even living for the cast. You were just living for you. Yeah. I mean, once that came in, I was like, I got to I got to go to that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What um what uh, um events have you been up to? What's the, what's it going on in Vegas other than you performing your show? I took my folks to see uh DC, David Copperfield. No way. How was yep. that? Oh. Great time. You know, fun night out, had a little dinner. Um, weird because like we walked around the MGM, which is where the show is at. And Mm -hmm. a lot of restaurants still aren't open. Really? Okay. Maybe even most. So like, we're still seeing the effects of all this. Like, I don't know the reason for it, but a lot still not open yet. Uh, we did, we did go to one that was open naturally. Um, (laughs) yeah, well you have to eat somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Went to the show and, uh, some things taken out you know, that were in the show previously, I'm assuming for COVID reasons. Mm-hmm, sure. Then when you had last seen it. Right. Which was a long um, time ago. Like, years, yeah. And, years. and he, he does so many shows. So there are always refinements and so on, which which is always really cool to see sort of the progression of the show. Uh, my folks hadn't seen this version of the show. So it was the first time for them. Uh, we, we got the opportunity to say hello to David afterwards, in which my dad insisted on calling him Dave multiple times. <laughs> I've never heard David Copperfield referred to as Dave. Like Same. it's always, it's not even always David. It's like always David Copperfield. It's like I one of know. those like two, two names. You have to say both all the time. Uh, well, there are magicians who call him David, who like kind of like act like they know him better than they do. Like sure. act like they're closer than yeah. they really are. They, yeah. they refer to him as David, like almost as like a uh, power move. But but there's no one being like, hey, there's old Dave Copperfield. <laughs> right. Right. But my dad insisted on great show, Dave. And he's patting him on the back. I, I mean, it, was just, it just couldn't have been more uncomfortable. Like went in for this like weird handshake where he like it, it was aggressive. <laughs> what, what was David's reaction? David Copperfield's reaction. It was almost a non-reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's had weirder reactions or uh, interactions with people. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I yeah. guarantee he has. Uh, so I'm sure this was probably pretty low on the uh, <laughs> the totem pole of like weird backstage interactions for him over the years. But um, for me, I, you know, we just walked out and I'm going, what, what, why Dave? Why did you have to call him Dave? What, what was this planned? And he's like, yeah, I planned it. I was like, <laughs> 
what do you mean you planned it? He's like, well, I wanted to, I wanted to let him know I enjoyed the show. So it was personal. I was like, yeah, but he doesn't go, no one calls him Dave. And that was that. That's amazing. That is, your dad is such a character. (laughs) (laughs) Got that right. It's so funny. But they enjoyed the show and uh, did they see the UFO? Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Oh, is that a spoiler? (laughs) I mean, probably, although we've already told the story. Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) We must have told that story. Yeah, Yeah, we did. We did. (laughs) Hey, it's improved from when you didn't see it. So, okay. Well, (laughs) I won't. I'll be shocked when I see it for the first time. Then. It's got different color flashing lights now. Oh, I mean, wow. I definitely noticed some differences. Oh, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So what, when did you, oh, I mean, I was going to say, when did you have time? But you have a couple of days off and I was like, Copperfield's like always running. So Yeah, no, I'm down to one day off now yeah. for this month, just Wednesdays. Yeah. But yeah, we saw it last Tuesday. So there you go. Nice. Yeah. Fun night out. That's awesome. That's ah. Uh, I went to a show in New York that wasn't as uh you know big of a production. I uh, a friend of mine. Uh, the, so like the theaters are like small little venues are opening up again, and uh, there's a place called the Caveat, which I had done a couple shows at, uh, just kind of guest spots in, and it's like billed as like educational nightlife. So like all their programming had some sort of like educational theme when they opened up. So I remember seeing my friend J- Zach Sherwin's show which is like a crossword show where he's wrapping all the clues and these comedians are filling in the crossword puzzle uh i i was on a show where it was like all the modern trends that like the teens are getting into and there was this was back when like bird box the movie came out and there was the bird box challenge on tiktok where like people were blindfolding themselves so they had me do my blindfold act (laughs) which Mm. was uh yeah. So, um, but anyway, this is a, uh, they've kind of become the new home because once UCB, uh, the theater closed, uh, a lot of the UCB improvisers uh, and alumni kind of branched out and there's a new improv school called like the Squirrel Theater. And uh, the caveat's now like the home of all these squirrel theater comedy shows. And uh, a friend of mine was in a fun show that I think you would really like. It was called Music Mania, and it basically was a character showcase, but all of the characters had to have some sort of take on, um, uh, like, um, they had to sing, do some sort of musical act in it. So um, my friend, I think, was the highlight of the show because he was, uh, they were like, our next guest, we have the singer Seal. Seal is going to be here. And then he comes out in a Seal onesie, like an actual animal seal. And he's like, there's a mix-up. And he sings Kiss from a Rose, but explaining the differences between seals and sea lions, rewriting all the, <laughs> rewriting all the different uh, lyrics. And it was, it was hilarious. It was really, really fun. I feel like you told me about this, but maybe you just posted about it. Yeah, I just posted about it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's great. That's great. So that was a blast. And then he did uh, his other character. He started the second act with Elton John who was stuck in quarantine. So instead of his song Saturday Night's All Right, you know, it, it was Saturday, like S-A-D-D-E-R, because he's stuck in <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> I enjoy parody songs like that, where you take, yeah. the, you know, the Weird Al thing. Yeah, exactly. And that those there was a mix between some original songs and some parodies, and I think the parodies, like, really, really played well with the audience. But it was just nice to get out and, like, see a live, like, improv sketch comedy show again because that's been so that was such my life before the pandemic and that was like the first time i actually got to go out and like see 
uh, I saw a couple stand-up shows, but that that's different when you you know it's a little you know a little bit more out there and weirder, and you never know what's gonna happen at a sketch or improv show. Really, right, right. <laughs> So uh, I definitely recommend the caveat. I'm going to check out some of their other shows. Uh, I have other friends that are going to be performing uh, some improv stuff there. And uh, hey, maybe maybe I'll eventually uh, be another venue where I might be performing. Who knows? Aside from live shows, have you been keeping up with Magic on TV, the most recent stuff on America's Got Talent? Yeah, I just saw the clips. I, ha- I haven't got caught a whole episode yet, but I, I do try to see the uh, the the magic acts that appear just to see what's going on. And to clarify, I thought we were done seeing magic acts. We've had such a strong magic season. There's and so we're not done. many. There's so many yeah. magic. Are they still in auditions? Like that's surprising to me, you know? And they're good. <laughs> they're good. There's. It's going to be hard to whittle it down to the live shows. Although we do have someone, spoiler alert, going straight to the live shows. Uh, I oh. don't know if you caught uh, yes. Leah Kyle. Yes. And I really, uh, I mean, it, I, it, it just came across amazing. Yeah, so Leah Kyle I, was on Fool Us. I first saw her do her same quick. She does a quick change act. That's, I mean, if you've seen a quick change act, you know, obviously they're changing clothes really, really fast. But she designed a lot of these, and these are some of the fastest transformations I've ever seen, and most visual transformations I've seen. And I like that they're really playing up the fashion angle too. Yes, well, that's why she got the spoiler alert gold, golden buzzer from Heidi. Because that was such a great, you know, connection from her fashion world to be like, this is clothes. This is like really what I'm into. And this is this, you know, the the best she's seen. And it's been, you know, I mean, really early on, they had what David and Danya do their quick change act. And there's a couple that followed them throughout certain seasons. But again, her by herself on stage doing like transformations that literally I haven't seen done before. Like Same. (laughs) Like things like just falling off and becoming dresses like as if it's real magic. Yeah. And they just don't look like like little like cheap Velcro costumes It really they play the fashion card because the outfits sort of withstand that scrutiny where like it could be something you'd see on a runway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what humanizes this act. That's what gives it that human connection. It makes it more than just quick change, more than just magic, but something that bleeds into or can bleed into pop culture. That's true. That is absolutely true. Um, and I know, you know, on Fool Us, she baffled Penn and Teller. Uh, but I'm also curious a little bit, like, obviously, it's a fantastic act, well-deserving of the golden buzzer. But uh, sometimes they do that so that they can save some of the good stuff for the live rounds and not, like, waste around in the, in the judges' cuts or whatever that intermer- intermediate round is. So I'm glad that, you know, we get to see more of that uh, act and in, in, in she's not like maybe like, I don't know, trying to throw something together just to fit the rounds as the show goes on so that we get to right. see, the, see the best uh, best stuff each time. Yeah, it's almost a waste to give a singer the golden buzzer because they can very easily sort of sing a song during that judge cut round. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> for the variety arts, like they almost should reserve a golden buzzer there because... <laughs> It's so much harder to create. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I shouldn't say it's harder or easier, but it's just a different process, right? To create a variety act um, and sort of step it up, whereas um, you know, singers or even even comedians can you know develop material faster. At least as of now, no one has been able to prove that wrong, uh, to my knowledge yet. That you know, right. comedy and music can be written faster than 
a variety act. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And um, they also had a uh, uh, psychic. He was billing himself sort of as a psychic. Did you see this? Maybe act? I didn't. Maybe I didn't see it. I'm not sure now. I, I thought I had seen a mentalist thing. Yeah, he that. is a mentalist. He said he worked as a psychic. Uh, he basically, uh, his name is Peter Antonu. Uh, Leah Kyle, by the way, is from France. Uh, it's so funny that America's Got Talent just is expanding globally. Uh, and this guy, Peter's from uh, London, I believe he said, but he moved to Seattle. Uh, but he, uh, obviously, there's a lot of mentalists that come out of the UK, inspired a lot by the popularity of Darren Brown. Kind of like, you know, street magic here was got a, such a boom when David Blaine hit the scene. So it's it's interesting to see that uh, style. But uh, Peter, um, uh, he he said he used to work as a psychic, and then he starts as uh, a, like this dollhouse. Did you see this at all? There's a he had a dollhouse that had different rooms, kind of like geared towards each judge, and he had Terry Crews come out, and then he had him like pick all these like uh, one of many of these miniature items from one of the rooms, and he happened to grab a baseball bat and then put it in his pocket without Peter seeing it. And then he's, uh, he said, oh, I had a voicemail, and he plays the voicemail, and it says, of all the little objects t Terry could have grabbed, he grabbed the baseball bat, and it's in his left pocket. And he's like, maybe you're thinking because this is just uh, you know, digital on a voicemail, there's something like that. That's why I did it analog, too. And he turns the dollhouse over, and it says Terry will put the, the baseball bat in his left pocket. But that was the only, the first part of his effect. Then he borrows Sophia's ring. And they go off stage into another room, and there's like hundreds of ring boxes. And he has Simon uh, hide the ring in one of the ring boxes while his back is turned with Sophia. And Sophia's supposed to get a connection with the the ring, and he's going around almost like um like a they call it like muscle reading or Hellstromism or whatever you want to do. But he wasn't touching anything, so he wasn't getting any clues. So he's going around, and he finds the ring box that Simon hid the ring in. Even after Simon had opened a few other boxes too, just to show, like they're not, you know, uh, you know, some of them were untouched and whatever. But um, uh, then he like reveals a secret about Sophia's engagement. So it was like a long. I was surprised how long this audition was. Right, right. And the fact that they went into like multiple areas, and you know, who knows what could have happened in the interim from stage to backstage, but uh. But I thought it was a very effective and overall uh, great piece, and I'm glad that they gave him all the time he did. We, yeah. We've just seen so many outstanding magic things this season. It's like, it, it's wild. I don't think we've ever had this much magic on the show. Yeah, there's a lot up front. I wonder how they're going to whittle it down, like I said, to the live rounds. But usually they, usually they had like one or two magic acts per show for the live rounds, right? Usually one. Yeah, usually one, they try to Until separate them. Until you get to, like, the top 12, you know? Yeah, they usually try to separate them so they have one a week, so it's something. But maybe there's going to be multiple. Who knows? Yeah, it's good. it would make it hard if there are multiple, you know? Right. Well, it's always the you're competing within your category kind of thing and splitting votes a bit, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Who knows? We'll see. See how it goes. There's a lot of magic happening. Yeah, um, speaking of magic, I did a little virtual seminar for the Lance Burton Teen Seminar yesterday. Oh, yeah, you were prepping for that. That was one of your goals. How, how'd yes. it go? Uh, you know what? It was really awesome. Uh, I logged on. I taught a couple of things, did a little Q&A, and it was really, uh, it was kind of like the Tannins Magic Camp. Like, I was really, in a way, like, 
jealous that I wasn't able to experience the Lance Burton teen seminar when I was a teen. Oh, wow. Yeah. You were just you know how cool that must be living vicariously through these students and be like, they're getting all this great information and seeing all the magic idols of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeff McBride was on there and Lance was on there and uh, we had a little bit of a chat and a Q and a, and it was really surreal because those are two of my biggest magic influences. Absolutely. You know, so it didn't really hit me that that's what the situation was going to be like <laughs> until I was on there. Because I didn't know, like, if, if I, I should have known that they would have been on there because I know it's Lance's thing and I know Jeff helps facilitate it. But, like, right. it didn't really click to me until I was on there. And then, you know, they were both there and all the students were there. And I was like, wow, this is, like, really surreal and cool. So that was that was actually really fun. And it's always good to to give back, especially to students that are so eager. Yeah, absolutely. So, did you it'd be how, cool. did, how did it go? What did you teach and how did it go? Um, you know, I taught some uh card moves that are easy to do, like they're substitutes for moves that are generally like pretty difficult sleight of hand wise, but like unnecessary, especially mm-hmm. if you're in a real world situation and maybe your hands are a little sweaty or maybe you're surrounded and like sometimes the most difficult method is not the right method. So I showed a couple of like bluff moves cool. that are just as effective or maybe more effective where there's kind of nothing to see. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Um, because I think sometimes those things get overlooked. Um, so I, I shared a few of those, but they're also encouraging for those who are new to magic. I mean, you can literally sit there by your computer while you're watching the session with a deck of cards in your hand and be trying them in real time. So yeah. wow, uh, that was fun. And hopefully people uh, dug it. That's awesome. That's great. Mm-hmm. Really fun to hear. Um, I, I want to know what this hot dog thing is. <laughs> Can we get into this? <laughs> yeah, I heard about this because I was doing some, uh, I was co-hosting, co-hosting a radio show here in Vegas this week while mm-hmm. AJ and AJ and AJ and Joanna, Joanna's on vacation for sunny 106.5. So I went on with AJ. What's it and, like uh, getting up that early? Well, we do a little pre-record and we show it, show it the next day. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, so I'm on like seven to nine, but I'm not really on from seven to nine. The secrets of showbiz right here. <laughs> we recorded it at like 11 the day before. So <laughs> Wow, okay. Great. That's um, better because I know when you're on the road sometimes, like or when I'm on the road, I have to do like early morning radio. And that's yes, just like yes. the worst. <laughs> I'm not I do a, that sometimes too. <laughs> I, I mean, I like doing it when I'm there, but I'm not a morning person. So I can't I just feel groggy and I don't right. feel like you gotta be funny and amazing and um, right. but uh right. So so you're doing the radio show and that was well, fun. It's a it's fun co hosting. Yeah, such a fun time. AJ's such a pro, and it's just uh, and as is Joanna, she just wasn't there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just always a good time. But he brought something to my attention that I was curious if you heard about this and what your thoughts were. Okay. Um. It was in the news this week that Heinz is putting out a petition. Oh, I don't know that Heinz like the ketchup maker. Yeah. Yes. Well. They right have, before air, Go they ahead. have fifty-seven varieties of, of yes. different condiments. I should. This is be... not the trivia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right before air, I asked you if you're a hot dog guy, which I kind of know you like hot dogs. Yeah, but I'm wearing. I'm wearing a hot dog shirt right now from Heinz Hot Dogs <laughs> in Liverpool, which is one of my go-to stops in upstate New York. Do you ever have hot dogs? <laughs> Do you have them at your house or no? I don't currently, but I have ever. Uh, I do sometimes, but I definitely okay. had a lot on July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're doing a petition to change the number of hot dogs or buns that come in a package. Right, because it's uh, 
Well, I feel like they've fixed it now, but it used to be the hot dogs and buns were different numbers. Like it would come like eight hot dogs and like six buns or something like that in a package. And there would be like two off and it would force you to cause you to buy more, which would like be this endless cycle right but that's exactly the issue i believe it's more buns than hot dogs in a package gotcha or maybe it's eight and ten i'm not sure which is it might be like that but oh that's what it is it's eight buns and ten dogs but i feel like every time i've bought hot dogs now it's just been a match it's been the same number no no hot dogs come in a pack of ten oh okay and the buns come in eight so let me get like that's the thing you don't have an even number what do you do and do you agree with this petition? Would you sign on to make it an equal number? Yeah, I'm, I'm for the equal number of hot dogs and buns. They should match. But not every, I think the problem is not every hot dog package is the same number of dogs. I think there's some that match. I think the hot dogs that I usually get are like eight. I feel like There ain't eight. no eight pack of dogs. <laughs> Absolutely not. Nonsense. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think they already have it right because the buns tend to go bad first so i think that's why there are less buns than dogs okay all right if you ran out of buns would you do the bread thing i have done that or you can just eat a dog without a bun you do a naked dogs (laughs) if 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 times are dire sure this is out of hand (laughs) anyway i'm not signing the petition by all means if you want to sign it yours probably counts twice because you were in a Heinz shirt so whatever no hides it's different oh i thought you said Heinz. no hides (laughs) uh so you're you're for the the mismatched packaging yeah because the buns will get moldy the dogs can go in the fridge excuse me the dogs can go in the fridge you put the buns in the freezer like it's just not the same to me all right. Do you want to chime in on your thoughts on the, the hot dog debate? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Ooh, I feel like I saw someone wearing a shirt <laughs> that said that. Is that like a new debate going on right now? It's not new. It's been around. Uh, okay. But, but there's, a, there's a wrinkle, a new wrinkle I had not heard of, but I'm sure other people have. But they're saying because the bread goes around three quarters of the dog, it could be technically a taco. Oh, nonsense. <laughs> it's not in a taco shell. Absolute nonsense. You're just spitting nonsense. I don't think it's a sandwich. I don't think it's a taco. I think it's a hot dog, and it belongs in a bun. That's my that's my uh, argument here. I'm with you. I'm with you. I know <laughs> even though Mark's not here, I still want to do trivia and riddles today. Oh, yeah. No, well, we're going we're gonna to do them. <laughs> but uh, this felt like a good lead-in because it felt like a, a riddle puzzle of the number of dogs versus the number of buns. But let's, Certainly. Get, let's get into it. Time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles. Okay, I'm pretty sure this is a new riddle. It might sound similar to one we had in the past, but I think uh, I think it'll still be surprising. A window cleaner is cleaning a window on the 25th floor of a skyscraper when suddenly he slips and falls. He has no safety equipment and nothing to soften his fall, yet he is not hurt. How? I'm going to allow a moment for our listeners to think about this. Right, because we did have one where we had someone on a ladder with a cat and they fell. And then the answer to that one, if uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the back catalog, was uh, he was on the first floor. 
Oh, right. 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 Remember this that? Is a different answer. This yeah, is this different. Is, this is different yeah. because this is clearly he's on the 24th, 25th floor. So right. a window cleaner is cleaning a window on the 25th floor of a skyscraper when suddenly he slips and falls. He has no safety equipment and nothing to soften his fall, yet he is not hurt. How? I think this. Uh, I think we've given people enough time on this one. Okay, you feel very confident. Yeah, obviously, okay. obviously, he fell on a on a mattress that was on the ground, so it broke his fall from twenty five. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> twenty five uh, floors above. <laughs> the the correct answer is that he is indoors. He is cleaning them from the indoors. Yes, inside. <laughs> I felt like that was a good uh, riddle. I had a feeling you might know it just with all the window cleaners that are probably in Vegas with those giant hotels. <laughs> right, right. So well done. Well done. Let's uh, Thank you, sir. jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready. Time to use his wit. Pressure. Pressure, pressure, trivia, pressure, trivia time. Do you want I Love Lucy or Marvel? Let's go Marvel, because uh, Black Widow is coming out this weekend, and I'm going to go see that. Who was the first Marvel comic book superhero? Oh, this is something I should know. Uh, who, the first Marvel comic superhero... Um, I have an idea, but I want to make sure I'm not, hmm, let's see. Uh, do you have choices or? I don't, and I can't create them because I don't know what Marvel is. Okay. I will just go with my guess. (laughs) My gut instinct says it is Spider-Man, but I am not a hundred percent on that. It is not Spider-Man. Oh no. Goes back to 1939. Oh, well before. Okay. Yeah. I want to say that was. I've never heard of this character, but that doesn't say much. Oh, geez. Who would be like Iron Man was pretty early. Oh, no. This is a trivia thing I should know, but who's the first? Maybe the X-Men, like the original. No, I think that was later, too. Um. I can give you a clue based on the name that I'm seeing. Yeah, give me a clue. Fire. The Human Torch? That's correct. Really? Yes. I did not know that. Okay, he was the first because he's part of the Fantastic Four. You've heard of them? No, I mean, I I don't know what that is, but I feel like I've heard of that. (laughs) Yeah. They'll eventually get into the MCU. They're working on eventually releasing a real... There's been several Fantastic Four movies. Oh, Fantastic Four. I've heard of it. I call it the Fab Five. That's what that is. That's different. That's I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a different number. <laughs> Do you I didn't know. know what th- I didn't know ahead. he was the first uh, Marvel. 1939 in Marvel number one by Marvel's precursor, Timely Comics. Oh, okay. I don't know. Does that even count now that I'm reading into it? <laughs> Is that still Marvel? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> Sounds like Timely Comics yeah, to me. Yeah, but he is um, a Marvel but, character. Yeah, yeah, Marvel comic book superhero. Do you want to know what the Lucy question is? Yeah, might as okay. well. What was Lucy's last name in the TV series? Oh, geez. I, don't, I never watched I Love Lucy. I just oh, you didn't? Her. No, I was. But like, she was married. Do you know what his name was? Oh yeah. Um, jeez, uh, uh, I just hear my brother yelling at me right now. Um, I cannot give you a clue. 
I know this. Hold on. It's in my brain somewhere. Mm-hmm. This is it's not exciting re- for the, <laughs> for the It's referenced in a popular movie starring Jim Carrey. That, cable guy. Yeah. He lies about Ricardo. his name. Yes. Yes. I had to think of Desi Arnaz's character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, there you have it. I get that. I, I, that was no Googling. That was just me digging through my brain. I knew it was in there. Sorry. It Beautiful. So uh, but yeah. Um, Matt, you got a present. Hey, it was really to us. To both of us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really to us. I mean, and I was floored when I received it. <laughs> what, what happened? I mean, you know what it was because I sent it to you immediately. I sent you a photo it, of it, it immediately. It did take me a little while to de- decipher what this was, though. <laughs> okay. We, we were gifted uh, an iPad, which I thought was just a fantastic gift joke Rob Balchuna sent us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I, I mean, I think he wins like Listener of the Year Award for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, because this really brought it to a whole nother level. And uh, it was a reference to the invitation I had received to Resorts World. And there was a nice little joke written like, sorry, I don't have the same budget as Resorts World. <laughs> so it was like this demented iPad that had been smashed. Why is it smashed? I think that was like part of the bit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So so he had an old iPad. This is how, from what I understand, that was just how an old iPad yeah, yeah. that he sent to us, right? But when it came to Vegas, he sent it to um, Dale, who works backstage at my show, and asked Dale to smash the iPad. Whoa, really? I guess, yeah, I guess that was important to the bit. <laughs> so Dale destroyed the iPad even that, that's worse above than and it beyond. already might have been. <laughs> yeah, above and beyond. And then I believe because he had to smash the iPad... He may have actually had to dictate the note after the fact of what he wanted written on the front of the broken screen. So just the level of thought and uh, <laughs> cleverness that went into this, I really appreciate. You? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to really give us a congratulation in the style of World Resort. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, who's doing that? I mean, look, is it a little bit of a, a ripoff? Look, I don't know. Maybe Resource World is going to be pissed about this, but I, for one, am very excited. So thank you, Rob. I want to know. We'll, we'll put a picture of it on our social media. But uh, yeah, I, I want to know what are you going to do with a broken iPad? <laughs> Probably put it on display. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You know, I'm glad he sent it to you then, because it's like I don't have space for that in my apartment. <laughs> Yeah, you could actually put it behind Seems dangerous. you. Seems dangerous. You, you could put it behind you on the bookshelf, and then we could do like a video version episode where we could actually see it in the background. And just have like uh, artifacts from from our listeners. One one artifact. One one. Uh, no, yeah. I'm trying to encourage more artifacts. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a mailing address that's public, so that's hard to do. But uh, <laughs> well, to clarify, it was. Um, it was in. It was a, a sort of a congratulatory gift for the fifty-two episodes for making it a full year, which yeah. made it even better. Yeah, that is nice. That is a nice thank you. So thank you, Rob, for your thoughts and uh, and present and artifact that mm-hmm. will be part of the Mind Over Magic history now. Uh, but we've uh, uh, right off the tails of our last episode too with my guest, with my brother. Uh, we got a 
We got a mailbag uh, that I wanted to read here just to, to go off of our conversation. So let me hit this. The mailbag. I've got mail. Our friend Bruce writes in and he says, congratulations on number 52. Love their last episode as always. Here's some more magic in movies and TV we missed. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh. You mentioned The Illusionist, but there's another wonderful film by the same name from 2010, the animated one, originally from France, called Le Illusionist, uh, but uh, released in English as The Illusionist. So that's another one to, for our listeners to check out. Nice. Uh, there's a TV series that I used to love. Bill Bixby starred in The Magician. The uh, cases of stage magic, magician escape artist who moonlights as an amateur crime fighter. Maybe you're looking only at more recent shows, but this is worth mentioning. Scenes were filmed at the Magic Castle, as I recall. Oh, that's cool. I have to check that out. The Magician with Bill Bixby. And then, uh, if you don't mind older films, Two on a Guillotine from 1965 features Cesar Romero as a psychotic stage magician. And a more recent film does not actually feature magic, but Matt... Uh, might be an interest. One of the main characters is Houdini. The film is fairy tale, a true story loosely based on an incident involving both Houdini, uh, who was played by Harvey Keitel, I guess, and Arthur, Arthur Conan Doyle, played by Peter O'Toole. So, wow. Th- thanks, Bruce, for writing in and adding to our magicians in the media. Appreciate that. Yeah. Very cool. I wasn't aware of really any of those. I know. I, I knew about the, uh, the animated film. The, the right. Illusionist. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that was up for some Oscars. I think. What are your thoughts on, um, you know, performing magic and creating videos? I, I, uh, I sat down with um, our friend Kaylin Morelli yesterday, and he, you know, has a lot of experience creating content for video, for online consulting, for television, and and less so for live performance and. You know, he was talking about how it's his goal to like, if he were to create a live show, is to do it as few number of times as possible for it to be recorded. And I was like, oh, for me, it's the opposite. Like, I like to perform live. Like, that's my favorite thing to do. And he was talking about how like musicians put out albums, comedians put out specials, and like even like, you know, David Copperfield um, years ago was putting out a number of specials over time. Like, is is your legacy about what you put on film or is that less important? I feel like like Penn and Teller do the opposite. Like they do television and things like that to support selling tickets to their live shows. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's interesting. So you're saying he wants to perform just for the 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 one take and then yes. and then burn it, burn the material and move on to something else. Yeah, that is part of it. And also like part of it is like, uh, yeah, if he was going to do like a a stage show, like Mm -hmm. if you like we've talked about the Derek Delgadio show on here before, like the like if he could just do it three times and film it on the third time and be done with it, that would be his goal. Yeah, yeah. I can the, the reason for doing it live is just so that you can film it. I can see that mentality. I mean, we talked about the Bo Burnham special, right? And like, yeah, that's not. Yeah, we one, talked about that yesterday as well, right? That's one you don't want to like do over and over and over and over and over again. Right, I mean, it's just right. like just the mental toll it seemed to take, and like there, there's just something about that, you know, lightning in a bottle, capturing it and putting it out there. Um, but I think, uh, I think there's a place for both. You know, I think 
I think there's something to honing an act and doing something over and over again as a live show where I, you know, both of us love feeding off the energy of a live crowd. And, and it's fun because it's that saying, like, you go to see a, a play or something live because there's the potential something could go wrong. Otherwise, you mm-hmm. would capture it perfectly on in a movie or right. on, on a, a video or anything like that. So there's that unexpectedness that that raw feeling i mean that's why i love doing improv is because you don't know it's like anything could happen at any moment really uh but um but there's also something to like perfecting it over time and and doing it live but also there's something to perfecting it for that one perfect shot you know that one take for the camera so i think they're kind of two sides of a similar coin in a way and i think uh, for me, I would prefer, I mean, you have to go through a lot of material and content if you're putting stuff out. Like when, when comedians film their special, they're basically burning those jokes and then they have to write a whole new hour, uh, which is good because it keeps people fresh. <laughs> uh, but, and I think magic could use more of that because some people are doing the same stuff their whole careers over and over and over again. Right. Uh, but I think... I think there's something to, again, having the classics, like you're saying, Penn and Teller have filmed most of their bits, but they bring them back into the show. And, you know, mm-hmm. we get it's, it's fun for the audience to see as well. Right. I guess it's like a question of like. Did I not answer your question by answering both? <laughs> by the no, way. no, it's actually really interesting. Yeah. It's like it's like the idea of performing on video or television so that you can continue your career as a live performer. Yeah. Or performing live occasionally so that you can hone your material to put it out there in some other form via digitally, like through the internet or television or something like that. Yeah. It's two totally different mindsets that are, that have a lot of overlap. Yeah, they do. And I mean like some of the, like one of the, the, the deal or no deal piece I did on AGT, I was, I knew I wasn't going to be doing that piece again because it was very specific for that situation that one time. And I wanted that mm-hmm. to be, Right, but again, that was a live show that was taped, which is a different thing of than like hitting things per- perfectly in a controlled environment for video, you know, that way too. Yeah, I mean, there's just so there's so many benefits to creating content for video, and there are so many benefits to doing things live. And I, I can, I think with live, you you do in a way get to know the performer. I don't know if it's better, but in a different way. Like when the microphone doesn't work, you want to see how they respond to that. Yeah. Do they get angry? Do they get happy? If it's a comedian, are they funny about it? Like, I love that aspect of it. That's just when someone yells something out, how do they respond? When something falls that wasn't supposed to fall, what do they do? Like, that's what's so special about the live experience that can't be duplicated. What would you say are the special things about like, uh, things that are caught on film. I guess you can have close-ups that you couldn't have in a live theater experience. So are there more things you can think of? Well, I was thinking how this also pertains to like mentalism versus magic too, because like m- with magic, it can be very visual. It could be fun to just sit and passively watch amazing things. Or if you're watching a recorded live performance, you're kind of watching vicariously through the people that are there. And that's the biggest difference. That's the, that's the difference between the old school guard who are against these kind of like YouTube magicians or whatnot, because they don't understand there is an element of being performing for the audience sitting in front of their screen that they can still enjoy and appreciate. However, what I really love, and especially with mentalism, you need that interaction. And that's 
almost impossible to do if you're just recording something to be viewed. Uh, so, you right. know, I want it, it's a whole different experience when someone sees something on a TV or a screen and they're wowed by the magic. But then when they feel that live, I think there's a, a shift because they're like, well, this couldn't be camera trick. Like that's always going to come into play when there's a screen camera tricks or some sort of special effect as a possibility, even if you negate all that stuff and people know. I think there's mm -hmm. still that lingering in the back of the mind. So until it actually happens to that person, they experience the magic themselves uh, live, I think there is a shift. I, I don't know if you agree or not. Well, I think the, the overarching lesson here might be to exploit, no matter which medium you're performing in, whether it be like shooting a, a pre-taped video, doing something live via Zoom, or doing something live in person, I think the key that I'm sort of hearing is to exploit the the benefits that are unique to each medium. Excellent. Absolutely. And all are valid. I mean, I know right. so many people that are, you know, like I said, there's old guard who are so anti YouTube and I have YouTube magicians who are like, you're not with the times. Like this is the way of the future is like, I think all of it's valid. You just, like you said, have to play it to the correct medium figure out the strengths, what works on it, and understand the audiences are different and how they're consuming it. So you can't do a, a, like a live interactive thing, you know, that's not going to wow, like, because there's only, it's so limiting to do in a video or Zoom format sometimes um, to, to get that same reaction as if you could do it live. But then you're, like you're saying on, on the screen, you can play to strengths, zooming in and showing how fair things are and, you know, People are pretty well averse to knowing what can and can't be done on video these days and what is and is not special effects or, you know, but, um, you know, just being able to use the frame of the medium, you know, if you're doing a zoom or pre-recorded video, that's such can be such an advantage and you can do amazing things there. So, um, I think, yeah, I think you hit it right on the nail on the head there with, uh, with play to the medium that you're performing for. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's just something we uh, had sort of debated a bit, and I was curious to get your take on it. Mm -hmm. And I know you did an interview with uh, some research, right, uh, with someone who was talking about viral magic, and we'll we'll see how that how that pans out at that research project at some point. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see see where that goes. Um, I see some really cool magic on the internet, you know, mm -hmm. and I see some really cool magic live so magic is magic is alive and well right now it might kind of be in a heyday and we're just not like necessarily realizing it because we're in it yeah and i think i mean we gotta remember for the past year and a half people have only been watching magic through you know a screen and mm -hmm. it's um to get back out there to feel that difference you know from performing live to what we had been doing for the past year i mean it just shows that there's validity to all those forms so and it's booming in vegas right now too in terms mm -hmm. of magic like it just seems like most of the shows that are open, like, are, yeah. are, are like a good percentage of them, uh, big and small, are like magic shows, yeah. which Vegas is always known for. But um, it's, it's pretty neat. M magicians are resilient after this, uh, after this crazy year we've had. So I love seeing that. Absolutely. And the magic's alive and well in New York, too. Um, and uh, we just found out uh, the show... Speakeasy Magic at the McKittrick Hotel is going to be coming back, and I'm a, in the, a, the rotation as one of the, the performers there. Uh, so I don't, I don't have specific dates yet, but uh, that'll, that'll um, come out soon. But I can plug, uh, so let's go into plugs while we're talking about it, I guess. Uh, I will be at the Rose Room again, uh, but they're changing venues from 
Brooklyn to Manhattan uh, on um, the 15th of July. Uh, so that's a Thursday that's coming up next week. Uh, and you can check out tickets at theroseroomnyc.com. And also I'm back at Scam on the 18th, um, which is a Sunday, uh, July 18th. At, you can check out tickets at magicscam.com. And then coming up on a Saturday, I'm going to be performing at Comics at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Nice. Uh, and you can check out tickets there. Um, through uh, uh, me and me and my buddy Jim Spinato, who runs that show, uh, will be at uh, comicsroadhouse.com. You can check out tickets. Very cool. I uh, I've been wanting to since we opened the past two months. I've been wanting to do like an invite for first responders to come see the show. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's very nice and thoughtful. Yeah. No, I've been wanting to do it, and we we weren't able to do it. Obviously, every like Vegas is like the Roaring Twenties right now. Like it's just. It's packed and, mm-hmm. and combine that with limited occupancy. We haven't been able to like, uh, get any sort of comp tickets. It's just not what wasn't possible. So we found a unique way around it. Oh, last, how did you do that? Last Friday after our show, we did a second show, just, like not open to the public, just for free, just complimentary to first responders, which was no really way. fun. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. Really I mean, I was, cool. yeah, I was determined to find a way to do it. And, uh, you know, it just, it seemed like it was going to be the only way. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, let's just, let's just add a show on Friday night after we do our like quote unquote real show. Right. Let's just do a second one. We'll invite first responders, frontline workers, mostly those in the healthcare industry, some police and so on. And, and do a show just for them because, um, you know, for, for obvious reasons of them working as hard as they have over this past year and putting themselves out there and, yeah, being as brave as they are. So, uh, yeah, we it, and firefighters and all of that. So we did that, and last Friday, and uh, it was it was really wonderful, and it felt good, and it felt like a great way to give back, and um, it was just a, a really appreciative audience to uh, to be in front of, and I'm glad we uh, found a unique way to be able to do it. You know, so that was really cool. That is awesome, and they were responsive. Responsive? Is that a play on words? I didn't mean it to be, but now it is. They were first they were responsive. The first, they were the first responders, very much so. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> so anyway, now we're back. We're back with the full yeah. occupancy starting today. Tickets available uh, just to get a quick plug in, of course. Right. Uh, Ticketmaster.com. Or I, I guess if you go to my website, there will be like an external link that will bring you to ticketmaster.com. So Ticketmaster is the place to buy the tickets. Yeah, yeah. We've got another gotcha. 100 and, 150 shows probably or so on sale between now and the end of the year. And I hope to see you at one of those. Uh, you can find Eric and I on Cameo. Yeah, we're both on if Cameo. You, if you want a personal shout out, a little bit of a hello. Um, there should be like something we do, like if, if, they, if someone like listening to this did, had us both do one. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know what, what we is. would provide for them <laughs> other than that, but I feel like there should be like a uh, maybe some a pod- sort of podcast shout out too. A podcast shout out, maybe. Yeah, we got to figure out. It'd be fun if like we we did a, a second one at some point when we were actually together. Yeah, and yeah. sent it to them somehow via email or something like off yeah. cameo. You yeah. know, something yeah. more personal. Yeah, maybe we could do that. Yeah. I don't know. Just uh, listen. I'm just throwing out ideas, seeing what sticks. Hey, I'm trying to get out to Vegas, but these flights, man, are so expensive <laughs> to Vegas. Is right that now. true? Yeah, it's so just wild. Walk. 
I'll just walk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm going to get up there at some point because there's so many uh, shows I want to see. And I want to see your show, of course, and see, mm-hmm. see everything that happened there. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for you to see the three new bits and how they're coming along. Yeah. Maybe I'll you just know? use my miles. I have miles. Maybe we'll just make it happen. Is it so hot, though? It's so hot in Vegas. Why am, I very, thinking very about, why am I thinking about going in the summer? This is the worst idea. Because you stay inside anyway. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right? You go from one AC to the next. Now, do you think I can get like um, some sort of like portable AC that I could strap to my back? Uh, yes. For, for when I have to go outside. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could invent it and go on Shark Tank. <laughs> okay, that'll be you know? the next that'll And they the film that in Vegas show. now. Do they really? <laughs> yeah, at least this last season was filmed in Vegas. I think it had to do with COVID restrictions in LA at the time of shooting. Oh, fun. However, if yeah. they do continue shooting here, you might be able to bang this out all in one trip. You can pitch your AC thing and come to your shows. I might need to use your crew to help me make a prototype. Uh, Although we yeah, won't I have mean, many, we won't have any sales, so they're not gonna, they're not gonna buy into my product. Then you need well, to tell them previous sales. You, yeah, that's okay. You just have to, uh, you know, give them a higher percentage of your company. <laughs> If you don't have proven sales, <laughs> Mr. Wonderful will tell you you're, you're, you tell you you're a cockroach. But other than that, you got a chat with Barbara or something. Maybe Mark Cuban wants to do a handout. Now I like the idea of the a magic Shark Tank where like people pitch like a panel of like effects like to be in your show. Are you not familiar? Oh, that is a cool idea. <laughs> Isn't that like- cool? It'd be like, all right, Matt, you're looking for some new stuff in your show. Let's see. Let's get the magicians out, and you'll you'll invest <laughs> in these concepts and ideas. And maybe we can add, like, a voice element, too, where we're not facing them at first, and they start pitching, and then we hit a button and turn our chairs around. <laughs> Are you? Th- I like it. Are you not aware of magicians having been on Shark Tank? Oh, I know there's been a few, yeah. Okay. okay. Like pitching Rick, Rick shows. Smith Jr., do you know Rick Smith? Yeah, I believe he, Todd Robbins and um and the Throdini were pitching a, a like a variety space uh as well on one episode. Yeah, Rick Smith kind of did the same thing was pitching a Vegas show, but he was actually just here, came to my show like uh this week. He's a Guinness oh, cool. Book of World Record holder for throwing cards. It's unbelievable. He can like yeah. throw them outside over buildings and into watermelons and uh he is the top in the world at what he does, was a baseball player and uh, combined his two passions, throwing and baseball and playing cards, and and there you have it. But pretty amazing stuff. But yeah, he did the whole uh, Shark Tank thing. And I, I think, like you said, Todd Robbins and a few others. But yeah. Do you think um, those cards would hurt you if they hit yes. you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like oh, that guy can make cl- you bleed. Like paper cl- cuts? Oh, you're, you're, ta- you're talking stitches, bro. Do you think he dresses as a gambit every time he d- like Halloween comes around and just throws cards <laughs> at people? Um, it's more likely that he does that than like the Human Torch. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> Gambit was definitely not the first Marvel. <laughs> Gambit's the only one I know. Yeah, <laughs> because of the playing cards. Is he part of the Fab Five? No, he's part of the X Men. Matt, Fab Five is like a Beatles cover band, I think. <laughs> Okay. I thought the Fab Five was like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Now I'm getting mixed up. I was anyway, if you were listening, five. yeah, you're thinking of Jackson Five. If you were <laughs> listening and having a good time with us, uh, please tell a friend. We'd love you to spread the word uh, to someone that you think is, would also enjoy this, whether they're into magic or just into, um, you know, kind of the other uh, you know, entrepreneurship or productivity stuff we talk about or just interested in the showbiz world or pop culture or and we got dogs 
hot do- we got to figure out how to get Cobra Kai back in. It's, it's Cobra we're, Kai. We're in, we're in a lull between seasons right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, please tell them about the podcast. And if you're enjoying it as well, um, please like and subscribe. That's not what I wanted to say. That's what you say after a YouTube clip. Please rate and review. <laughs> It's always a pair of something, uh, but uh, that does help with all the algorithms and, and gets us out there to other listeners who might find this interesting as well uh, that just aren't aware of us. So, uh, you know, anything you can do to help, we greatly appreciate because uh, we finished the year. We plan on doing this for more. So uh, the, 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 we'll have another extravaganza at episode uh, 104, I guess. Yes, <laughs> two, two 104. Yeah. 104. <laughs> we we got to say, we got to remember that. Yeah, and uh, and then if you want to write in as well, we love hearing from you, uh, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, it's the name of the podcast with the word podcast after, mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. And hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, we didn't do our goals, Matt. Matt, what's your goal? You were working on the Lance Burton teen seminar. You did that. Yep. So we already checked in. We know how it went. What's your yep. goal for next week? Um, Let's see. Putting you on the spot because clearly you didn't think about it. <laughs> Um, I don't really have much of a goal other than don't burn the house down while, uh, <laughs> while it's just me and the pets while Tiana's out of town. I'm going to try to keep things, uh, in shape here. That is a good goal for all time. How not about just, you? Not just this week. That should be an <laughs> ongoing goal. <laughs> yeah. It's easier to do, you know, with Tiana's <laughs> awesomeness as well, but now it's, I'm just flying solo. It's a little more difficult. <laughs> Um, last week I was, uh, trying to remember how to pack and do my gig, which I did. And I was, it was successful and I was very happy with it. Uh, so this week, I think, uh, there's all these, um, lectures I was supposed to watch that I haven't watched for, uh, the, the meeting of the minds from the PEA. So I think I'm going to try and buckle down and, uh, and get through those lectures that, and just learn some mentalism from my peers. I love that. Love that. Yes. So, very good. um, that is uh, my goal. I will be tackling that. There's a lot of you uh, like videos I gotta watch. Um, this and- is like the most successful week we've had with goals. You completely achieved your remembering how to pack. I completely <laughs> achieved <laughs> the Lance Burton teen seminar. Uh, shout out to Joe Cap for sending me my Nemcon clip to sort of review the tape on what I said and take the parts that I liked and apply it to the Lance Burton seminar. Shout out to Joe Cap if you're listening. Absolutely. And uh, shout out to you. Oh, I said for Joe li- Cap. I'm sorry. I meant John Cap. John Cap. Yeah, I was going to correct you there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. I said Joe because I was thinking of a different Joe as well who I talked to yesterday. Anyway, John Cap. Shout out to John Cap if you're listening. Thank you so much there for sending go. that link. I'm glad you fixed it here so we don't have to bring the corrections department in. Next <laughs> <episode>. <laughs> um, but also thank you to our listeners who are listening here. We appreciate that you are spending your time with us. Uh, but until next time, Matt, this was fun. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Bye.